Thank you for listening and welcome to the Life Radio Show, a proud member of the SJ Network and Realm of the Mist Entertainment. I'm your host, Don Smith. We get to have a lot of fun with Colin Blake from the Something Crunchy Podcast. Truth be told, he's just here for the beefalo stories. If you enjoy the show, like and follow the Life 1069 on Facebook and Don Smith Comedy on Twitter, or tune in live on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM, or you can stream the show live at WWSU1069.org. Overwhelms me. A brutal presence. The Life Radio Show is now brought to you in part by the Nurses Guild of Florida, experts in home health care. Go to thenursesguild.com for more information. This podcast is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and for contact information on publicist Steve Joyner. All right. Hey, welcome to the Life Radio Show. I'm your host, Don Smith. We are still zooming along through the COVID pandemic, although apparently you can get over it in three days now. That's really, (laughs) that's a record, I think, for getting past the COVID. But hey, we won't talk about that. I have a guest on with me already. We have Colin, Colin Blake from the Something Crunchy podcast, which sounds super fun. (laughs) well welcome to the show thank you don appreciate you having me oh absolutely now i'm gonna have to ask right off the bat uh why something crunchy something crunchy was actually a band once upon a time before it was a podcast Hmm. uh i was in a band for a couple of years and even though i was unquestionably the weakest member of this (laughs) five-piece band uh, i was still kind of the leader of it because uh, everyone knew each other kind of through me, and there's always that one person in the band that's got to get everybody together during practice and keep everybody on the same level and make sure that we're actually getting work done. Uh, so it was always me to say, come on, guys, like, I, need, I need something snappy, need something crunchy, I need something good here. And that is so often that they just named the band something crunchy. Um, and it was, you know, it was an average band doing average things, but the, uh, the podcast took the name a few years later, and it's yeah. good. Well, it's, it's, it's good to, to, to be the band leader, even if you're not the most talented musician. That's, <laughs> you have, there has to be some glue in there to hold it together. That's right. <laughs> and, if, and if the glue is somebody that knows they're the talented one, then it's, it's going to fall apart because there's too much ego involved in that. Always. Yeah, it's like, well, entertainment industry for any, any way, I've always said it's too, too many big egos. Yeah, that's typically the case. It takes a big ego to get in the entertainment industry a lot of times, I feel. That, that it does. That it does. But I, I've always, with acting especially, with acting and filmmaking, because I know there, there are directors that I work with that have rivalries with other directors that I've worked with. <laughs> <laughs> and working with one, sometimes the other one won't cast you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about ego in the movies. And yeah, I've had some exposure to that as well. And I as much as I would love to believe I could be a movie director, I don't think that I could manage all of the egos. Um, oh, okay. and, and yeah, you're right. You have to deal with egos with other directors and things like that as well. It's uh, yeah. well, it's a, it's, it's, the, it's the world of big personalities and big personality conflicts. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love doing it, but you know, I just I try to I try to be cool with everybody. That way, I don't have to worry about it as much. Yeah, that's the best way to be. Yeah. 
because I've I've worked with a lot of really great directors and and uh, you know some of them don't always like other directors that I've worked with. Yeah, but I try to keep them all happy. That way, I keep getting cast. <laughs> And it's sometimes it's tricky to do. <laughs> so h- how long have you been podcasting now? A little over a year now. It's moved oh, okay. very, very quickly, though. I've been in comedy for a while, but the podcast just over a year. Um, but yeah, it, it moves really quickly. Yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been four years. It seems like a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> does. It does. Yeah, but that first year goes quick after that. It's just <laughs> no a year that that's it. That's impressive for a podcast because so many of them change so frequently or they fizzle really quickly. Yeah. And you know, we've had the, we've had the pandemic, we've had uh, babies being born. We've had uh, a lot that we've, you know, dealt with and still been able to manage to produce an episode every week. We've had some awesome guests. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. And you, do you host it yourself or do you have a co-host with you? Or? No, let me tell you about it. Um, you know, it's a comedy entertainment podcast. Um, it's co-hosted with my best friend, Tyler, and my little sister, Blair, who are married. Oh. Um, and, um, you know, it's a podcast on pop culture, uh, with a lot of television and film, um, some nostalgia, a lot of 80s and 90s. Um, you know, we quote a lot of movies. We tie everything back to uh, TV or movies. We play a lot of games. Um, we scrub the internet for the funniest stories on whichever topic that we're covering. It's a new theme every week. Hmm. Awesome. <laughs> you, you said your, your best friend married your little sister. Now, was he your best friend first? No, no, actually. Okay, okay. Because I was. <laughs> they met and, and they've been together 10 years and uh, they met and I was introduced to him through her. Um, but yeah, he was a, you know, a best friend turned into a brother-in-law. Oh, well that's, that's cool. That's cool. Cause yeah, I mean, I, I've not, I've had a lot of best friends that I don't think anyone would ever let me date their little sister. So, <laughs> so I was wondering which, <laughs> I was wondering which the, uh, yeah, yeah. It, happened it, first, just out yeah, of my it typically curiosity. wouldn't have been a friend of mine that started dating my little sister. I, I can't imagine a, a right. scenario where that played out. Yeah, that that would have been that would probably have signified the end of a friendship right That's there. Right. <laughs> totally different podcast. I think there's a Stephen Lynch song about that. <laughs> so you you said you were into comedy. Are you a performer as well? Um, I have been. You know, I'm a writer, and I have been writing comedy for a long time. I started taking to the stage like about eight months before COVID hit. Um, things were going really well, started booking some shows and, um, that, that, that was a really good time. Um, I wish I would have gotten into it sooner. Uh, but you know, I think the timing worked out the way that it should have. And so I started writing a lot, uh, anticipating more shows and getting more involved with, uh, you know, comedy on stage. And, um, you know, that kind of led to doing it more on the podcast, uh, because right. everything shut down and you know how the pandemic went. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's still going. Still seems to be out it's there. Still going strong. Yeah. If anything, yeah, it's picking that's, up. That's. I think that's one of the things that's that's just thriving in 2020. That's the only <laughs> thing that is thriving is the the COVID 19 virus. So that's true. I, I guess you got to look at the positive and everything. Uh, at least COVID is doing well this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything else has gone to hell, but you know. It's all right. As, as long as one thing makes it through this year intact, and I think that will be COVID-19. 
<laughs> so uh, did, I, did I lose you on that one? Did you just not want to back me up on that? No, I'm I'm with you 100. <laughs> percent Because you just got quiet and you thought, man, that guy's really promoting a deadly virus. What an ass! <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I didn't lose you because you never know, you know. No, no. <laughs> it's been a while, but I have uh, chased people off my show. I can't imagine that. I'm a listener of your show, and I've never heard anything like that. You always treat your guests very well. I, I try to. I try to. There, there have been a couple that got got crappy with me for just silly reasons, whatever they had, and uh, they didn't last. They didn't last. <laughs> <laughs> I had one. One of my. I know I've told this story before. I'm not going to mention his name, but on the show, I basically I didn't kick him off, but I let him know how close he was going to be, how close he was getting to being kicked off. Did you still air the show? That show. It was live. <laughs> It was live over the radio. Plus, I did put it out over the air as well. I can't remember the title of it, but I did put it out over the air as well. This guy was a local comedian that uh, he was just—he was very rude. He was just very rude throughout the whole, throughout the whole thing. And it finally got under my skin, and I kind of had a little—I had a mini explosion. Yeah. You know, I didn't cuss at him or anything because we're still going out live over the radio. Uh, but my my guest co-host did he? I have never seen him get that tickled and laugh that hard to where I'm basically I my there's blood coming off my tongue. I'm biting it so hard to keep from cussing at this guy. <laughs> and the fun thing is, like, probably two weeks after that, I was doing a comedy show. Uh, local local bar that is a place where for some reason they liked me. I'd, I'd gone up to this place. I'd done shows at this place like three times before, and this audience always liked me. And I went up and I had a really good set. And he went up and he did not last two minutes. Oh wow! And he, I have never seen anybody bomb that hard for that short a period of time. I mean, he was shaking. He was sweating. And finally, he was supposed to be doing like seven to ten minutes, and he was like two minutes in. He looked over at the guy booking the show and said, "How much time do I have left?" Oh wow! I didn't even let the booker answer. I just looked at him. I said, "You're done." <laughs> Man, that and that is the last time I've ever heard of him performing comedy. Yeah, that makes so sense. <laughs> and I was going to say because it's it's strange to have confrontations with comedians. Normally, um, you know we're a pretty chill group or pretty easy yeah. to get along with. That's, uh, that's, that's kind of what comedians do. And so maybe he just wasn't the comedian and, you know, kind I, of, yeah, I don't, I don't know for sure what he was, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a very, I almost felt bad, but at the same time, because of what had happened on my show just recently with him, I thought that was, that was a, you know, just a delicious little moment for me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> In four years of podcasting and then, and then several more doing radio, I'm sure you have a lot of delicious moments like that. There, there are some weird ones. There are definitely some weird ones. But, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've had guests that didn't really – everybody talks about – that. you know, people talk about my news stories now that I put on the show, and it's become such a big part of my show anymore, and that happened by accident. That happened by having guests on that really didn't like to talk much. And on a live radio show, you have to keep talking. Yeah, you need a guest that can talk. 
Yeah, and and every now and then you'll get a guest that just doesn't, they don't want to open up about anything. They don't want to talk. They'll give like one or two word answers, and it's like, this isn't happening. <laughs> and that's where my news stories were born. I started I started putting them on. I, I would just copy and paste them. Again, I wouldn't read half of them. I'd just copy and paste, stick them on a sheet, print them up, and I'd take them just in case things lulled. I mean, they say innovation is born out of necessity, you know. Right. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's... Mark of a good host. Like, all right, I just I need something to talk about here. What's in the news? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that that's that's how that happened. Now I'm doing I'm doing the news buffet on breaking the fourth wall. I still do the news on my show. I do every now and then the WWSU morning show. I'll do a news segment for them. So. The news kind of stuck with me now. No, that's a great segment. I, I, look, I look forward to hearing the newest, the newest headlines you have. We have some fun ones today. We definitely do. Uh, but you, you, you had mentioned some, a little bit about doing some acting and some filmmaking. Are, are you are you currently pursuing that avenue as well? No, absolutely not. Um, you know, I did just, uh, some voiceover work, a, a couple of radio commercials, and uh, I was in a uh, television show uh, on MTV. It was a dating show called Next. Uh, yeah, I was a uh, poolside bartender at a resort, and at this resort, they, MTV was filming three different shows. Uh, God, this was a long time ago. Room Rangers, <laughs> Next, and... Uh, like how to date your mom or how to how to date my mom, so, something like that. So they had a contract in there, and they um, like a, a lot of the producers and a lot of the film crew were staying at the hotel, and um, you know I served a lot of them you know, in my bar, and uh, they were trying to talk me into doing it for a, you know months, and you know never really had an interest, and they had somebody bail out on them last minute, and um, you know asked me out of desperation to fill in for the guy. And so next thing I know, I'm, I'm out of uh, my, my uniform and on a dating show for MTV. And you, le- you learn a lot behind the, behind the scenes. It was one of those things where you kind of, oh, wow, like this is how that works. Like they, right. they, they, they feel like you're, uh, you know, you're supposed to kind of go on these like mini dates with, uh, you know, different girls. And when it doesn't go well or something happens and you're over it, you say next. And it was just a terrible premise. And uh, MTV had a lot of those, I think. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> and um, yeah, they, they filmed it in every scenario. They, they film it in five different scenarios and then air the most entertaining one. So it's not at all like what you saw um, you know, on, on TV. And, and I was also an extra in a movie called Gaia um, about 10 years ago. Uh, not even a speaking part. It was a slow motion dancing scene in a bar out here in Arizona, and <clears throat> that, yeah, that was um, yeah, that, that was the only thing I've done on screen, movie wise. Oh, okay, okay. And you still have no interest in it? No, not really. Not not really. I've gotten more into uh, you know the, the voiceover thing, podcasting, and um, you know, I'm ready to pursue comedy again. Uh, get back on the stage once things open back up. There's an, so, an audience. So, uh, you said Arizona, correct? And things are still shut down out there. Yeah, I think it's still pretty shut down. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Dallas, uh, the Dallas area originally, but I've been in Scottsdale for uh, about 15 years. And um, yeah, you know, it, things were opening up and then shut down and open up and shut down. And um, you never know when you can go out to a restaurant or go to the gym. It's Well, yeah, everything's, everything's so up and down and back and forth. I mean, it, I'm in Ohio. We've We've opened up and been able to stay open, but everything's reduced capacity. There's a whole lot of things because, of course, I'm uh, part of Wiley's Comedy Club ownership. So we 
we have uh, that we we're like at tw- maybe fifty percent capacity, something like that, and we have to social distance yeah, everything. Okay. Wow, that's good. You're still like doing shows though, and yeah, uh, yeah. We started we started back up in uh, around the end of June, I think. We were able to we were able to open back up, and I don't know if it was a great idea because <laughs> I mean, we're, there's still a whole lot of this a uh, whole lot of this virus out there. Yeah, but businesses got to you know stay in businesses business. have to survive. I don't know if we would have been able to reopen if we were closed another couple months. So yeah, and a lot of people are in the same boat. Yeah, yeah, and that's well, that's the joke I always made about it. Of course, we're a comedy club. Uh, there are a lot of bars in the area that are still really struggling because they have to reduce capacity. Everything has to. You're not allowed to serve alcohol past ten o'clock because apparently at ten o'clock all the COVID comes out. just sounds so damn stupid but that's that's one of the rules so and there are a lot of bars that are hurting right now and i just make the joke it's like well yeah the bars are hurting because they're used to being successful we're a comedy club we are in our element where when we're barely squeaking by so (laughs) we we were doing reduced capacity before it was cool (laughs) before it was trendy Right before it was trendy, you know. And I don't. I, I've actually heard Dayton Funnybone. I, I don't know if they're going to reopen at all. I have heard several mixed rumors about that. That they down permanently because of it. Yeah, because there, there are a lot of other. I mean, Funnybone's a na- national chain, but there's yeah. there's one in Liberty. There's one in Columbus. They're both. They both o- are have been opening up. Uh, not every weekend, I don't think, but they're still doing some shows. Uh, Dayton Funny Bone has not done anything. So I don't know. We might come out of this with Wiley's being the only comedy club in town, which would be a first. Yeah, yeah that, that that may benefit you, actually. Which I, I hate to see because Funny Bone was a cool club. Yeah, that, that'd it be just, sad. They, they didn't let a lot of locals perform there very often, but uh, when we did, it was a great place to perform. Never as cool as Wiley's, but, you know, I'm a little partial, I guess. But, you know, <laughs> I may be a little biased. Yeah, imagine why. Uh, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> so they, they don't have any bar shows or anything going on out there? Or? No, no. Everything has been shut down. Like, they, they're allowing kind of bar shows in restaurants. Like, they've kind of found a loophole. And you you know how comedy does in restaurants and <laughs> that's a tough set. That's yeah. a, that's a really tough set. Um, you know, be, one, people aren't there for comedy. They, they came to eat. They, they didn't, they didn't come for the comedy and two, they're eating food. It's hard. It's hard to laugh when you're eating food. Yeah. Yeah. Restaurants that are restaurants. I mean, of course you, if the, especially if it's a family restaurant, you have to keep everything clean. <laughs> you know, I've done a couple shows. There's a place not too far from here called Billy's Burgers and Beer. We've done some shows there. I've done. I think I performed there two or three times. And they, for a restaurant show, were actually not terrible. Really? But it's you still. It's all about expectations. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna. I was gonna wonder how you succeed doing that because I have yet to see anybody try out here. Right. I, I won't say they were extremely successful, but they, they've been the first time I did it. It was kind of a bust. The second time they did a show there that I performed at actually they had promoted it a little bit more. And there were people that were there for comedy. So <laughs> that, that helps a lot. If you, and they're, uh, 
Yeah, the, the guy that was running that show ran several others, and a couple of them were fairly successful. There was a bar shows have never been my shows. For some reason, bar shows I've always struggled at, but there's one that he was running. It was actually, it was the one that I kept going to where that guy bombed so hard he didn't perform again. Wow. See, but that's bar shows though. It's it's hard to perform at bar shows. Like yeah. anybody, like I feel like it's just, it's just a, uh, it's a different audience and it's totally a different vibe. And it's just- but this, this one was re- actually a really cool audience. He just wasn't a good comic. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's the truth. I mean, he, that w- that was an audience that if you were up there with some good jokes that were actually jokes that were well thought out, written ahead of time, you knew what you were doing. They'd been tri- tested and tried. These people are going to love you. That, that they were a good audience for comedy Man. because that bar promoted the hell out of those shows. And they really, we got a lot of really good crowds in there for them. Missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I'm hoping those are going to start back up soon because that was really, that was uh, probably the second best <laughs> show in Dayton. Of course, the best shows are at Wiley's, but again, a little biased. <laughs> but no, that, that was really a really good show to do. I think that was down in the barrel in Springboro. That was the, used to be the Whiskey Barrel Saloon was a really good place to perform. But yeah, yeah. comedy at bar shows are, is usually fairly difficult. Um, you know, that may change though. Um, you know, comedy is going to, uh, I think do really well cause it's, it's really weird out there. People have f- totally forgotten, uh, you know, how to mingle with each other. The social distancing thing is like really yeah. had an impact. Um, like I, I went out, um, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, like there's some bars open in our area. There's like this bar restaurant and went out with a buddy and, um, yeah, it, it was a total mess. We were single and forgot how to mingle. <laughs> even like, even had, even had a, like a chance to talk to a couple girls and that was just a total train wreck. Um, you know, they, they come and sit down they have these, you know, giant novelty margaritas with all this stuff hanging off of it, pineapple and stuff. And I mean, we're talking about, you know, whatever, but like literally at one point of the conversation, a girl holds up a piece of pineapple and asks like, you know, is it, is it true what they say about, uh, you know, guys and pineapple? I'm over here like nodding like a bobblehead doll before I could even just say totally, you know, my kamikaze pilot of a wingman over here, he just volunteers to respond. It's like not even looking there. He's like, oh yeah, no, I actually looked that up and it's, it's a myth. It's not even true. Really? No, that, that's when you say, well, there's only one way to find out. I, I look at him. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause that, that was, that was her making a pass. That was her yeah, picking up the ball. Where it was dropped. That was, yeah, it, it was just, so we're, we've just completely forgot how to interact out there. Um, yeah. It's, it's awful. So I'm, I'm very hesitant to go back out and yeah, I've, I've, yeah, a little, little, little shell shock from that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the distant thing, it's, 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 it's had an impact for sure. Oh, it, it definitely has. It's, it's had an impact on everybody's psyche. This this whole thing is a big, weird mess. <laughs> and yeah, it's a uh, th- this whole year. This whole year has been kind of a kind of a screwed up thing. Yeah, it really has. I've watched more TV this year than I have watched in my entire life. I'm I'm watching things that I just would never have an interest in. I watched Tiger King, so yeah, same here. Did you, 
<laughs> did did you watch that disaster footage? I watched Tiger King. Absolutely, I watched Tiger King. That was uh, I, I had I, I had to. We, we we covered it and did segments on it, and now they're making right. uh, three or four movies about it, three or four shows about it, another new season about it. Oh, they're uh, doing more. Oh my god! <laughs> absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, well, I guess I guess they they canceled the Kardashians. They have to put some other garbage on. Yeah, I, I, I did watch it, and uh, you know, I uh, I still don't know what to think. Really, it's not something I ever would have watched if I wasn't stuck at home in uh, a, a lockdown. Yeah, no, I'm I'm watching shows like. 90 day fiance. I'm watching shows like, um, I, I got into, I was late for the party, but finally got into, um, naked or afraid. And, uh, have you ever seen any naked, naked or afraid? I have, I have watched all of them. Yes. I, I've been binge watching that when it's on. And let, let me tell you when watching that, I have figured out that there are two types of people that watch that show. There's the type that goes, you know what? Yeah, I, I could do that. I could absolutely do that. And then there's a tie to just, oh, hell no. <laughs> and I am an ambassador for the hell no. Uh, I, I can't imagine that. Like it's, it, that. That's where the entertainment value comes for me. And I just try and put myself in that place and think of what a horrible teammate I would be. Um, and they run into, you know, be walking around and run into like a fresh deer carcass and look at that like it's a, it's a good thing and, and thank God. And, I mean, I would have steered clear. So you could have, you could have given me a fresh deer carcass every day, and I wouldn't have made it twenty-one days. You See, I, given- I, I had an upbringing that would help me with something like that. <laughs> I, I really did because we uh, we lived in town, but you know, I had there were six of us. You know, Dad was the only one working, so we got food wherever we could. <laughs> and I, I remember I came home one day, I had this, this friend that hung out with me a lot and I never quite understood why, because there are so many things that happen at my house that should have run any normal kid off, <laughs> but it all seemed normal to me. For instance, when I was probably, when I was preteen, we, we raised rabbits, not for fun because they're cute little fluffy bunnies, but we raised them to eat. Wow. We lived in town and I remember this kid came over once and it was, it was rabbit butchering time. And, uh, I, (laughs) we lived in town, so we didn't want any, any firearms going off. So I'm (laughs) holding this, this cute little white bunny rabbit down on the concrete floor in the garage. And dad has a lead pipe and that's how we took the rabbits out for cleaning them. Oh, and wow. this poor neighbor kid goes walking in and he gets out. Oh, a bunny about the time that lead pipe hits. I have never seen anybody run out of a garage that fast to puke. I mean, this guy, <laughs> this poor kid. And he finally works up the courage to go back in and I'm holding on. Of course, we're skinning it and I'm holding on to the feet while dad's ripping the, the fur and skin off of it. Oh my God. And yeah, so this poor kid, just no, and he finally he's like, I have to go home. <laughs> and it was like, it wasn't even a month later. I don't know if you know this, but if there's a roadkill deer in a lot of places, you can get on a list where the uh, fire, where the uh, police department or the sheriff will call you to come pick that up. That's amazing. 
and blows my, my mind. dad was on that list. And this was like maybe a month or two after the incident with this cute little bunny rabbit. This same kid was coming home from school and he lived near, near where I did. And he was going to hang out with me for a couple hours after he got home. We walk in and dad has a half of a deer carcass on the kitchen table, cutting it up. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I, I don't think I would have a big problem with that. I was going to say, you are on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. You're the other half where you, it sounds like you grew up like naked and afraid. That, that, that couldn't affect you in any way. That, that's amazing. So you probably watched the show completely differently. Me, I couldn't make it 21 days in my backyard if you brought me three meals a day. Yeah, I, I was watching the show, and half the time I was going, what's wrong? You know? <laughs> Why is this hard for you? I was looking at a lot of from that. Now, as far as the walking through the, the thorns and stuff, that would bother me. Oh, man. But, you know, there's a lot of the being naked. I think that would be my the, the hardest part is being make, naked. Because, I mean, <laughs> I can make a fire with flint and steel. I can do a, I can do a lot of these weird things just because the way I grew up camping and outdoorsy and stuff like that and, you know, killing animals for food. I, I, can, I can handle that. It's yeah, not me. That would, that would get to me. <laughs> that's amazing. See, for me, I think it'd be the bugs. When I when I see oh, the bugs, God. that's where I'm, that's where I tap. Like no, night one, I, one bite, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Once be. once the mosquitoes come out, that would yeah, be. I'm done. And this all ties in with the show's episode uh, that vibrating kills me. Because <laughs> <laughs> what is what is a mosquito other than a vibration that bites? That's right. oh well all right i think we're going to take a little break right here if you're good with that we'll take a break and when we come back uh we'll we will cover some of the fascinating news stories that the world has to offer us hell yeah all right well don't go anywhere stick around the life radio show we'll be right back with colin blake so today we're we're gonna talk about um how a lot, a lot of things are stupid right now because there's, because there's a whole bunch of uh, stupid people who are making decisions that are stupid and then there's a whole bunch of other uh, stupid people who think that they're really smart by saying that the stupid people and the stupid things they're doing are smart because uh, they agree with the stupid things they're doing. And so the people are pretending they're smart, but they're actually really stupid. But they can't admit that they're stupid, uh, even though the things that are going on are stupid. And so, so you got a whole lot of stupid uh, being perpetrated by a whole lot of uh, stupid people, and then supported by more stupid people. And then the rest of us are just kind of, just kind of standing around, going, uh, "Hey, hey uh, this ain't good." And so, so it's pretty much, you know, that's that's pretty much it. That's what's going on. I don't tell you. It's just a whole lot of stupid going on. Been away for too long again. Now somebody else is sleeping in my bed. Stuck in a 
Don Smith. I want to take a minute to tell you about The Devil's Apple, a new book by my friend William Morris. It's the true and brutally honest story about Bill's own battle with addiction. It was written for those struggling to overcome addiction as well as those watching a loved one struggle. In Bill's own words, you work just as hard to be an addict as you do to be clean and sober. You can find The Devil's Apple on Amazon.com and for a limited time you can get it for free on the Kindle app. The following is an important message from the Nurses Guild of Florida. We know COVID has many scared. Many of our seniors are even afraid to go to the doctors. Just the thought of being exposed to all the people in the waiting room, in addition to the doctor's staff, is a risk many don't want to take right now. However, putting off health care makes most conditions worse. The Nurses Guild has the solution. One that exposes you to just one person. Call your doctor's office and have them order a nursing assessment from the Nurses Guild. We are a five-star Medicare home health agency. Your registered nurse in full PPE will perform a full head-to-toe assessment, vital signs and medication review, pulse oximetry, even an EKG if needed. Lab work and x-rays can also be done at home. 
Our registered nurse will discuss all of this strictly and directly with your doctor and get you results. All of our nurses and home health aides are fully screened, supervised, and COVID tested. Call the Nurses Guild today to arrange your home health visit at 954-596-9806 in Broward County and 561-826-8937 in Palm Beach County. Remember, health care put off is health care too late. Stay safe during the pandemic. Wear a mask and insist those around you wear a mask. Wash your hands frequently and stay home as much as possible. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Christopher Stolle of Breaking the Fourth Wall. If you enjoy our show, you can find it on YouTube. Just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment or just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. And also you can find us on all the social medias. Just look for Realm of the Mist Entertainment. And I will catch you on the other side. All right. Hey, welcome back to the Life Radio Show. I'm your host, Don Smith. We're going to keep moving right along. We have uh, uh, Colin Blake is still on the line with us. Are you, are you, are you good? Are you, are you settled? Are you okay? I'm okay. Ready to go. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we're going to hit some news stories because I know uh, you, you said you were excited about these. So hopefully. Absolutely. Hopefully we'll, we'll get some good ones for you. And I'm going to start off with one. Uh, the one I mentioned, this is the only one I've looked into ahead of time just because I just recently talked about it on another show because it's so stupid. And part of it is a right here with me in Ohio. Wow. We actually looked up where it was. And one of my, uh, one of my guests, occasional guest co-hosts lives right by this place. Local headline. Which makes it even funnier because she uh, <laughs> she is the the winner of the first uh, the first ever Life Radio Show's Golden Cock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know about that episode or not. <laughs> I need to hear about this. Well, the the uh, it's it's based, it's a rooster. It's a trophy. It's a little trophy rooster that I got, and it's the the Life Radio Show's coveted Golden Cock. Uh, where we came up with this idea. This is when I was doing a live radio show still. So this was live in the studio. We did this. We used to go Facebook live with the cameras in the studio. Now, Scotty Mays is a regular guest co-host and he is a, uh, he, he's a one, he's a wonderful person. I love him to death. He, he's a bodybuilder. Okay. He, he works out a lot. He's in really good shape. And while we're in the studio doing a live feed, he takes his shirt off because somebody on the Facebook feed suggested that, that he do that. <laughs> well, Autumn Hatcher, who is a, a, a young actress I've worked with several times and has been my guest co-host a number of times, was watching that live feed, and she made the comment that next time she co-hosts the show, she's going to have to one-up Scotty. <laughs> so of course, we're all thinking we're going to get to see Autumn topless. Right. So I'm on board right away. <laughs> but I decided to bring these two together and pit these two together in – a contest on the show live on the air for the best guest co-host. <laughs> and that's what I came up with as the prize as I found these little trophies uh, of roosters. So it's the life radio shows coveted golden cock. Now the bad thing is I had a guest call in <laughs> that didn't know that it was a trophy of a rooster. <laughs> So this poor, this poor young woman thought we were talking about something entirely different. So that, a, <laughs> and you no longer give away this award. This was a one-time thing. You know, actually, I'm going to do it again because 
I, I, you save money buying in bulk. I have four more of them. <laughs> I have four more of these to give away. So eventually, I'm going to give my cock to somebody else. That's what's going to happen here. <laughs> but yes, the, this first story we're going to talk about. Uh, the uh, autumn lives fairly close to this location but we'll go ahead and get started a cyclist raising money for yemen relief said he rode exactly 69 miles per day which is a great number to travel uh for <laughs> rode 69 miles per day to travel from poo poo point in washington state to pp creek in ohio Yes, <laughs> riding from poo-poo to pee-pee. So poo-poo to pee-pee is exactly 69 miles? Quint- no, no, it's, it's 2,500 miles. He went, oh. 60, he went 69 miles per day. <laughs> I see. I Lopez see. of Chicago uh, said his uh, scatological <laughs> uh, journey began on August 18th at Poo-Poo Point in Washington State and took him 36 days to arrive at Ohio's PP Creek, a journey of over 2,500 miles on a bicycle. Are you familiar with PP Creek? I, well, like I said, we looked it up. I was gonna say. That's, and that's how I know. It's like an hour and a half from where I live. And, <laughs> and Autumn lives very close to the tip of PP Creek. <laughs> I guess that'd be the mouth. I guess that, <laughs> or maybe near. I don't know. A tributary. I don't know. A trickle. Trickle. I don't know. I don't know what you would call it at that point. But he is. It's his trip is not over. This guy. He is planning to complete a five thousand mile journey to go to PP Island in Newfoundland and Labrador. So he's uh, he's moving on to another PP. The tip of the PP. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the tip is nicer than the base. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, I guess it's, I guess depends on you, what you got to feel for. I don't know. So, sometimes all you need is just the tip, I guess. But. 69 miles a day. This, this just has social media written all over it. Um, we live in a funny time. Well, yeah, absolutely. And if you, considering where he was traveling from, they called it a scatological journey. It should have just been like, I don't, I don't know, Taint Road or something like that. I don't know. Scatological journey. <laughs> yeah, scatolog- that's what they called it. It just says scat- scatological journey, which makes total sense to me if you're going from poo-poo Absolutely. to poo <laughs> I would think it'd be a little closer, you know. <laughs> those, those numbers taint right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we get a little weird every now and then, but that's okay. What else? <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know about that, but it worked. Uh, London man uh, putting some old clothes in a donation bin called firefighters to rescue a cat that turned out to be a battery-operated toy. <laughs> uh, Alan Mc Alan McElligot McElligot. Uh, an associate, associate professor at the University of Roehampton in London tweeted photos showing the scene that unfolded after he put some items into the bin and heard a meow. 
Uh, police and firefighters responded to the scene and agreed that there seemed to be uh, the sounds of a trapped cat, possibly two cats inside the container. One of the police officers suggested we drop food in there in case the cats have been in there a few days. So I went to Sainsbury's and uh, I had my had my car nearby and bought wet cat wet cat food. Really, you're putting it in a closed donation bin, and you're going to go with wet cat food. <laughs> That would only sound like a catastrophe in, in London. I could only see London firefighters really making this a, a priority. Um, and, and I've heard of stories with uh, fake babies and uh, just, you know, calls and close calls uh, yeah. happening about fake babies. And, and then obviously the stories you heard about fake guns and how they look too realistic and the stories there. Never have I heard a fake cat story. Oh, yeah. Here, well, this is a first, then. The fire brigade eventually turned up and used their heavy tools to open up the donation bin. Once it was open, there was no sign of the cat, so the firefighters looked around to move some pieces of clothing and picked up the toy cat, the battery-operated stuffed toy, a fur-real friend's cat, made, quote, very convincing meows. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So yeah, sometimes sometimes a fake one just makes very convincing meows. I think I'm going to go with that next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's just very very convincing fake meows. An Italian man. This I'm, we're gonna we're gonna go for some dessert. An Italian man who once held the Guinness World Record for most ice cream scoops balanced on a cone recaptures rec record on a TV special. Uh, Guinness said Dimitri Pansiera originally captured the record in 2013 when he balanced 85 scoops of ice cream on a single cone. The record was captured by Ashrita Furman, who upped the ante to 123 scoops. Pensiera recaptured the record during filming uh, of La Notte de Record, a Guinness uh, special TV, TV special in Italy. He topped the record with 100, 125 scoops. That's a lot of ice cream. That's 125 scoops. 125 scoops of ice cream. What, with um, nothing structurally to keep it intact, just uh, screw right, just, just sticking it together and and praying for the best. I'm curious as to what flavor they used, and you know, because I would think something like Rocky Road or something like that with more texture would do a little right. better than something. Right. Well, Rocky Road would have the marshmallows in it. That's that's a good adhesive right there. It is a good adhesive. Marshmallows stick to anything. <laughs> but no, it, it looks right. like from the looks of it, it looks really weird. It's like mostly strawberry with like a little bit of vanilla and a little bit of chocolate that honestly looks like dog turds. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I don't, whatever it is, doesn't look like something I'd want to eat. Here's the problem. When you're stacking an ice cream cone, 125 scoops tall, I'm trying to think of what, the bottom scoops of ice cream look like and the condition they're in by the time you get up to like the hundredth scoop. Um, it's, right. it's probably a melty mess. Um, you're probably going to have some structural problems there, I would think as well. Yeah. Well, it's, and again, it's not going straight up. It's not like the old, it's not like the old fashioned two or three scoops that are right on top of each other. This is just, 
it's a big conglomerate. They're all stacked wherever you can get them structured. I see. Okay, yeah. so it's more like a bouquet of right, right. That that that's okay. a perfect description of it. Yeah, I'm picturing 125 like individually scooped balls on top of one another. Right, well, right. That's a lot that's more cool. impressive than a bouquet of scoops. It that's, would be. It would be because this looks like somebody just grabbed a bunch of crap and stuck it together. See, and a melty mess would work to your benefit there. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm much less impressed after after finding out that it's just a a, a See, I, I think they need to make it a little more challenging to have it like on a hundred degree day. <laughs> that's right. Arizona. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They should have to do this in like Arizona. <laughs> Yeah, put them out in Tucson when it's 127 and see what they can do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've only been to Arizona one time, and I drove through Tucson. It was like 127 degrees, and I was like, yep, I am not stopping here for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. found hell. Especially in Tucson. They only have, like, the Melanoma Festival there, and that is about it. There is no reason to go there on purpose. Do they really have a melanoma festival? No, I'm kidding. Because that—that's that. I, I wouldn't surprise me that that there's <laughs> <laughs> people will celebrate anything. I'm sure in 2021 we'll we're going to have COVID 19 festivals. <laughs> <laughs> I would love I, that. Would there be great be in to the have future. A you know, there will be parades and festivals in the future. Like, like I'm thinking, 40 years from now, there'll be a, a 2020 survivors uh, parade. Like uh, the, the remaining survivors from the 2020 pandemic. Right. Right. That. that yeah. All. What, however many hundreds of us there are left when it's yeah, all that's, that's right. That's wishful thinking, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to repopulate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, it's the end of times, which is cool. I'm cool with that. I mean, I looked around. It's like I, I'm good. I'm good. We got some for it. Let's just put an end to this crap. Move on. <laughs> There's got to be something better in the next life. Let's just see if we can get there. <laughs> oh, here, here we go. This is this is what I've been looking for. Uh, <laughs> this is why you don't drink and dry. A college student in the UK needed to be rescued by her local fire brigade after uh, getting her legs stuck inside the clothes dryer she shares with her roommates. Uh, Rosie Cole, 21 years old, said she and her friends were drinking wine and tequila on Tuesday night when she was challenged to fit inside their shared appliance. <laughs> uh, I was with my other housemates, and one of them dared me to get in, said Cole, a student at the University of Hull in East Yorkshire, England. Uh, me, thinking there was no chance I'd fit, decided to try it, and to my surprise, it seemed easier than I thought. <laughs> Cole climbed in legs first and even managed to shimmy her hips in before she realized she wasn't able to uncross her legs inside the dryer. Cole's roommates were unable to help free her hindquarters from the tiny warm prison. <laughs> the group eventually decided to call the local fire brigade, although they were barely able to convey the situation without breaking into hysterical laughter, according to footage shared with uh, SWNS. So yeah, there, there is actually a picture here and, uh, He's dumb. <laughs> I'm trying to make that call. That that that's amazing. The, the biggest issue, like the first thing that stood out to me in that story, was the combination of wine and tequila shot. That's yeah, yeah. That is a bad combo right there. 
It is no surprise to me whatsoever that a combination of wine and tequila led to, yeah, let's see if I can get in the dryer. Right, right. <laughs> it, it makes total sense that it would happen. You know, I just... <laughs> it's got tequila, tequila really all that, that's, that, that's a good way to get really, really sick. It is a good way. I was just thinking that. That is a good way to get super... I cannot fathom that combination. Wine and tequila, which you would do first. Are you sipping wine and then taking shots of tequila? That That's horrible. Yeah, that is definitely... Yeah, that's... There has to be a, just a, a lack of thought process alone just, just to go with wine and tequila. <laughs> I mean, it's the same group of people that thought it was a good idea to see if this girl could fit in the dryer. Um, right. Well, that was tequila and wine-induced, though. <laughs> so you're saying anyone could be subject to this thinking if tequila and wine is involved? Oh, I could definitely see that. With or without the wine, just tequila alone. You're right. You're right. You're right. Man, you can never get me to try and fit in a dryer, though. Six five, two fifty. There, there, there's no way. I'm claustrophobic. I would. Yeah, that would be that would be a tough fit right there. That would be a tough fit. I, I wouldn't make it for the fire brigade to come and rescue me. That would that would be like the story would just begin. Yeah, yeah. I'm 44 years old, so I'm not flexible enough. Even if, and and well, besides, I'm like 325 pounds, and you know, <laughs> yeah. That even even if it was an industrial dryer that I know I could fit my body into, there's no way I could contort enough to do it. Right. That would ever allow me to recover. Man, it would take a lot of tequila for me to be motivated. And yes, you're right. It would take like an industrial size. Uh, yeah, yeah. and and like I've been sitting down for an hour to record this show. I'm going to be in so much pain when I stand back up again, (laughs) just from sitting. Not this isn't contorting into a dryer to record this show. Although that would be a great episode. (laughs) I recommend some wine. That should clear that right up. You know what? I think having my guest co-host record this from inside of an industrial dryer is how you're going to earn the next life radio show golden cock. That is, I have decided that's going to be the new, because we can do that social distancing. We'll have to get permission from a laundromat to have my co-host climb in with either her iPhone or her, uh, or his. I mean, I'm not, you know, or the a laptop so that they could zoom in from inside the dryer. I wonder if you get good acoustics in there. Like I'm, I'm concerned about the metal, but the tight space makes me think that it's going to sound very studio like. Yeah, it, it very well could. I mean, <laughs> and if not, I mean, if they need something to cut down on the echo from the metal, I mean, we can always throw some clothes in there and get some, get some laundry done while we're at it. That is a very worthy way uh, for someone to win the next golden cock. Um, that would be very merited. Um, yeah, that would be. I'm going to write that idea down. Oh, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Learn from the story, though, and, and, and don't do a, uh, a, a standard size dryer. That, that's not right. Right, right. You need right. something industrial. And whoever wants to try it, I will provide the tequila. <laughs> You're on your own for the wine. <laughs> Oh, okay. What I'm going to give you a choice here. Just, just which one you want to talk about next? I, I have one that is a woman's having uh, headaches caused by larva, and another is a machete wielding North Carolina man. Oh, that's tough. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's not often we get it that, that I give choices, but this is one. Yes. I think one or the other is what we're going to have to go with. So I'm going to leave this up to you because I feel privileged to be able to have a say. Uh, I I think that I would typically lean towards the headaches and larva, but um, I'm going to have to pull the October card. It being this close to Halloween, and go with the machete wielding uh, North Carolina man. Okay, hopefully it's, it's, it's as good as that setup sounds, but let's see what we got. <laughs> a North Carolina man wielding a machete left satanic messages written in blood <laughs> <laughs> on a sorority house at East Carolina University on Sunday night, authorities said. Officers responded to calls of a man armed with a machete walking in the area of, uh, Green, of Greenville in apparent distress, ECU police said Monday. The man appeared to have harmed himself and was using his own blood to smear messages on nearby vehicles and a sorority house. Wow. Uh, I think... <laughs> it's the worst kind of serial killer is the one that, you know, machetes himself, and he has to right, right. messages. And it, ma- it makes a much stronger message using somebody else's. Everyone knows that. Absolutely, because that, that's, that's where you get your point across. I mean, quite literally. Uh, <laughs> I think it's just cuts and lacerations, Captain Chris Sutton of the ECU police told WITN-TV. Uh, nothing severed. <laughs> nothing severed, nothing gained, is what I always say. <laughs> nothing severed, but enough to transfer blood into a couple of different surfaces where the individual wrote different messages believed to be satanic in nature. And some of the verbiage from some of the things he was just he was saying was also believed to be sadistic in nature. Yeah, that's it. he's cutting himself and writing in blood. It doesn't matter what he's writing; it's sadistic. You know, he's so not, I, I have a he's not saying hello. You don't cut yourself and write a peace sign in blood. You know? No, no, you don't. Not I'll, I'll, went to the store for groceries. I'll be right back. <laughs> yep, don't forget to feed the cat. You know? <laughs> Well, <laughs> uh, it sounds like he was going for the I want you to make a horror movie about me one day approach. Um, the sorority setting uh, screams, you know, horror absolutely, movie. Absolutely. And, that's, and the, the, yeah. The, uh, the that, that's, that's a little excessive. Um, but my problem is if he was going to go that route, why on earth would he use his own blood to do messages? He clearly hasn't watched enough horror movies knowing he's right. leaving own DNA behind the scene is this is a rookie move yeah um, just careless it's just careless <laughs> <laughs> yeah there, I mean even if he would were to flee the scene he has left so much evidence <laughs> that's yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> we'll never catch this guy if, if only he left behind a fingerprint or something yeah if I just picture that red-headed dude from CSI Miami taking his sunglasses <laughs> off I think I know where we can find him yeah <laughs> But I, I did write down nothing severed, nothing gained, because that's also a potential episode title. <laughs> I love that. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's that good. Part, it's October. It's the Hall- Halloween season. Yeah. That's, that's, that. definitely, that's definitely a, a contender. That's a contender, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but yeah, that that's that's the craziness of, uh, of North Carolina, apparently. And there are so many of these weird things happen that – I kind of feel like they're giving machetes a bad name. <laughs> you know, they're, they're like clowns. There was a story of a clown that would show up with carrying a machete, which is creepy. And there's this dude. And, you know, 
I'd carry a machete in my car. I, Classic Ohio. Classic Ohio. Right, because you have to. You never know. You never know when you're going to be in a when you're going to run out of gas in a jungle. And if you're on a list in the Midwest, uh, if you're on a list for roadkill and to be able to pick up some deer carcasses, you're especially going to need a quality machete, like at all times. Yeah, Yeah, you don't want a cheap one. You want to keep it sharp, keep it rust free, treat it well. Yeah. (laughs) As a machete wielding man, you feel that this this gives a bad name to machetes. Yeah, I feel like that happened like in the in the early '80s with like the Friday Thirteenth movies. That's like the first thing you think of. With, uh, yeah, but he with, wasn't with cutting himself, though. He wasn't cutting yeah, himself. Right. It's, it's kind of like firearm safety. It's the guys that shoot themselves that make the rest of us look bad. That's so true. God, I'm a believer in that. <laughs> it's, it's the idiot that's cleaning it and shoots himself in the foot. That's the one that makes the rest of us look stupid. And here this guy is going around with a machete that, that's writing in his own blood. <laughs> Unacceptable. Unacceptable. He, I, I'm going to get on the machete-wielding Facebook page, and I'm going to make sure he gets blocked. He yeah, not, I would start a machete-wielding group. It, it sounds like you need some more support. That is true. That is true. Yeah, we need. We definitely need uh, – it should be a support group. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes right now. If you have any social media, uh, anything you want to promote, anything you want to throw out, if you have a website, social media, anything like that, I'm going to give you a couple minutes to talk about that. Let us know again about something crunchy. <laughs> Take it away. Sure. Thank you, Don. I, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, something crunchy is it's a fantastic place to start if you don't listen to podcasts. Uh, we joke it's like a California role, like how it's most people's intro into sushi. Um, our play, our show plays more like a radio program, very fast paced, lots of jokes. And you could find us uh, at somethingcrunchy.com on any listening platform where podcasts are played. Uh, you can find me at Cullen Blake B on Instagram. Uh, again, check out the show at somethingcrunchy.com. We are on every listening platform and we have an episode every week. Um, we showcase different tracks from unsigned bands and artists every week. You can send your track submissions to somethingcrunchy at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at crunch underscore cast, uh, Instagram at somethingcrunchy. And we have a new but very awesome Facebook group where um, this, some of the funniest memes on the web are being passed around on the Something Crunchy Facebook group. So you can find us and interact with us on there as well. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for being on the show. It was great getting to know you and great talking to you. Uh, Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Man, you. <laughs> no, it, 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 <laughs> it, was, it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks for being on again. Uh, I'm going to have to check out something crunchy just for the name alone. Please do. I really appreciate it, Don. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. And thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show. Like I keep telling you guys, if you're going to keep listening, I'm just going to keep making them. All right. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show podcast. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, if you want to listen live, we are on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM. You can also stream the show live at WWSU1069.org, and we go Facebook Live at the Life Radio Show's Facebook page. If you have suggestions or comments, feel free to email thelife1069 at gmail.com. Yeah.
I'm here for one reason and one reason only, and that's Beefalo updates. 